listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. All right, guys, today's guest is a breathwork expert and a world-renowned breath mastery teacher whose methods have helped more than 150,000 people in over 60 countries use the breath to unleash their fullest potential in life. Included in those 150,000 people includes many high-profile people he has coached, such as leading medical experts, Olympic athletes, corporate executives, and peak performers, including the legendary Tony Robbins. And his work has received praise from Wim Hof and Mark Devine. His abundant knowledge of breathwork stems from his burning interest in the breath that was peaked when he was in kindergarten, and he has traveled all over the world since then to find the best techniques, practices, and strategies for using the breath to heal trauma, alleviate physical pain, cure depression, crush stress, and so much more. Utilizing his extensive years of training and research in breathwork, he became one of the founders of Breath Therapy and has made a name for himself as the world's most foremost expert and renowned pioneer of breathwork, so much so that he is the leader of the worldwide spiritual breathing movement so please help me in welcoming the author of the book just breathe dan brule welcome to the show dan <laughs> thank you joe thank you very much of course of course I'm, I'm just so excited to have you on the show and one of the things i think that's so cool about your story is is and i read your book just breathe and i love how you outlined in there the story about how you were in kindergarten and you you first heard uh you know the interest of the breath through through the story about how god created mankind he breathed life into into um the first man and so my question to you is <laughs> you know i know in kindergarten it's it's very different than we are now but when you first piqued that interest, was that something that, you know, you you kind of knew that you wanted to do in your life or did that interest kind of develop as you as you, you know, went through uh, the many different areas you did in life? Well, you know, I would say that, you know, accidentally or however, you know, I got a seed planted in me <laughs> about the magical power of the breath, you could say. And um, every job I've ever had has been related to breathing in some way. I had uh, a couple of near drowning experiences, which makes you appreciate breathing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my first job, a uh, real job, was as an x-ray technician back in 1969. And um, one of the easiest x-rays to take is a chest x-ray. And when you take a chest x-ray, you tell the person, taking a deep breath, hold it, click and you take their picture. And I was given those same exact instructions to people. And after I had, you know, my, in a, my first year as an x-ray tech, I must have done 3000 chest x-rays, you know? And I, and after the first few, I started being quite fascinated because everybody did something different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what they called the full breath, what the muscles they use, what they went through to accomplish it. Uh, and so it was, it was as if the breath just was speaking to me. I, I could see that the way people breathe was a reflection and an expression of their relationship to life, their relationship to their body. It was mm. away stuff about who they were. And so I just got more and more fascinated. And then uh, in the military, I, I dove right into it, literally. 
Originally, I was a deep diver, and I was doing underwater rescue, and I was practicing breath holding um, for survival, but a, kind of a macho thing, you know, who can hold it the longest. I mean, hey, I was having those contests when I was a kid in, in the schoolyard. So by the time I got into the military, I was... I was ready for, you know, let's see how far we can take this. And, uh, and you surprise yourself, you know, how just you. And so that the breath became my link to human potential. So mm. like, wow, what are we capable of? And every time we thought we had a limitation, somehow somebody broke through it. And so uh, for me, the breath has been the key to that, the key to breakthroughs in just about any level of life. Yeah, I love that answer. And it's crazy because it's something that we tend to take for granted, breathing, right? Because it's it's something we don't think about too much, right? But it's the thing that's keeping us alive. It's crazy, yeah. right? Well, thank God we don't have to think about it because we, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to do anything else if it was left up to us. But the fact that it's completely automatic and also completely under our control, that's not an accident. That's not a coincidence. That's an invitation. That's an opportunity. Uh, to take part in our own nature, our own evolution. You know, we use breathing to hack into our nervous system and uh, we can cut new neural pathways and develop capacities that we, you know, people dream of. And uh, I think the breath, that's the synopsis of my book, basically, is that all of the great, the high states and the extraordinary abilities that have been displayed by certain rare individuals through history, great warriors, saints, mystics, gurus, whatever, those same states and those same abilities, the average human can access. And mm -hmm. I think he is the breath. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love what's kind of relates to that is, is how you say the breath is the link between the mind and the body. And when you have those things aligned, you can really do anything. So can you talk a little bit more about that mind body connection that the breath has? Cause I think maybe to some people they'll hear that and be like, Hmm, like, I'm not sure exactly what that means. So how would you describe that uh, in your own words? You know, when I was a teenager, around 14, I was introduced to Aikido um, and by the, the legendary Aikido the guy who developed it from Japan, was traveling through the United States and uh, with a bunch of his people. And in my city was a very accomplished um, Aikido master, Jack Leonardo. Mm. And uh, so I was attracted to that. I was attracted to the idea of of being soft and flexible um, and instead of meeting with hard aggression, the turning of energy and the, and the sliding. And I just love that whole approach. And so when those, when those uh, guys visited, I, um, I, I was really keen to get what I could from them. And the main principle I got was this uh, bringing mind body, they called it one pointedness. You know, when mind and body come to one pointedness, uh, a certain force emerges <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that wouldn't emerge if our mind is in one place and our body is another. Uh, we can't muster up that force. But if our if we have intense mental focus and at the same moment as physical uh, awareness, you know, that combination, that one pointedness of mind and body and that surprising force that emerges. What I discovered was that you add the breath to that. So you bring the body, the mind, and the breath together, and an even greater force is, uh, is released or accessed or emerges in some way. And so, you know, breathing is the link between the body and the mind, and it's the link between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. 
And if there is such a thing, a, a superconscious mind. So a divine mind. Breath is the link that connects those, uh, those, you know, consciousness. We're all, we're all sucking off the same bubble of air on this planet, and the breath that's in you now was in somebody else not long ago, and and it's going to be in somebody else tomorrow, and it's in the dog outside, and it's going to be in the bird flying over. The breath literally connects us, and it connects us to, I guess, we call our spirit. And it connects mm -hmm. us to our common source, our common essence. And so for me, breath is, um, you know, it's the Swiss army knife of life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You can use it for anything. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and I love that. And it's so cool because in the show, we're all about fulfillment. And, you know, I think the breath can really lead to fulfillment a lot more in life. And because you're able to like get, like you said, that that link between the mind and the body and your spirit and, and also the shared connection with other people. Yeah, yeah. And fulfillment is the right word, too, more than achievement or, or uh, you know, um, there's you know, we, unless we're fulfilled, there's something always tugging on us mm -hmm. and it's not going to let us rest, you know, and what's our heart's grandest desire. What's our maximum potential. If we're not paying attention to that, if we're not, you know, if we're not in harmony with that or trying to answer that call, a part of us is just gonna, I mean, I don't know if I could live with myself, you know, I think, uh, I think we owe it to ourselves to, you know, to what's the maximum potential and, and what's the, the highest purpose for us being here. And, and my heart goes out to people who don't know that yet, who don't know why they're here and where they came from. And, you know, and that, that's, those are sacred questions. And uh, so I'm, I'm blessed that I stumbled over my purpose and it is utterly fulfilling. You know, it's, it's genuinely fulfilling when you're, when you're with somebody who has this tremendous breakthrough, awakens to something beautiful or powerful in themselves, and to be kind of a midwife for that experience of, you know, expanding consciousness or ascension or up-leveling your game or, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use for it, we know when it happens. You know when you go to the next higher level. Um, you know, when you break through a limitation, you know, when you're in the zone and everything is just flowing perfectly and, and you couldn't repeat it if you tried, because there's a, that perfection of everything coming together in the moment. And, um, you know, skiers do, you know, when you're skiing down a hill, you're in the zone. You can't be thinking, where do I put my feet? Do I lean to the left? It's <laughs> happening. That's that disappears. That's all ego mental stuff. And you're just in the moment, you know, and that's why it's so some sports and so on are so addictive because they bring us into the present moment. And we have this transcendent experience from our ego with nothing else. And the breath is the key for that. You know, you, you become absorbed in the breathing and you're becoming absorbed in the energy of life. You you kind of get out of your head. You you kind of get out of your ego and you connect to something very deep and very real and people who aren't, who aren't living with that connection is it's painful. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you got to drink, you got to drug, you got to distract yourself with work or sex. You got to do something because if you slow down and turn inward, you're going to find this huge 
unanswered calling. And if you're, if it, and sometimes when people look at that, it's so big, they just want to turn away because I mean, I could never do that. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, who am I? And so I think the breath helps us step up to whatever our higher calling is, you know? Oh man, I got the chills listening to that. That was amazing. And it 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 is really true because when you're able to like tap into into the breath and really like see that calling within you that might be scary, you gain the sense of self-confidence, you gain the sense of power and and even before you gain the sense of presence, right? Because when you're present, then you can like go when when you were explaining too in, in sports, like for me, like when I'm running, like and I like pay attention to my breath and I'm in that moment a hundred percent. I'm breathing hard. It's just beautiful experience. I mean it is just absolutely amazing. And and one of the things that you know I, I think maybe our listeners are thinking right now it's like okay like I want to answer the calling. I want to be more present. So, like, what is like the, the the practical way to use the breath if someone wanted to start to use the breath to help to unlock their potential and fulfill their calling? What what would kind of be um, your advice for their first steps? Um, you know, the best. You know, I have my way of talking about it, which sounds a little too woo woo for some people, <laughs> grasping for language. But Barnett Bain, a good friend, Barnett Bain, who has a book uh, called. The Book of Doing and Being, he's a Hollywood producer, a filmmaker, mm. and he does workshops on creativity. And one thing I learned is that the most conscious people I've ever met have been the most spiritual. The most spiritual people I've ever met have been the most conscious. And the most creative people I've ever met have been the most spiritual and the most conscious. And so <laughs> maybe there's no difference between creative energy, spiritual energy, or, or consciousness. Mm. And so... Um, we need to get out of our head and get into our heart. We need to get out of our head and get into our body. Creativity is a feeling thing. It's, it, it, it registers in the body. It's not a head thing. And the same thing with spirituality. It's a heart thing. It's not a head thing. And so breathing awakens body intelligence. Breathing mm-hmm. awakens heart intelligence. And, and then with those two brains contributing along with the mind, we have greater consciousness, I guess you could call it, you know, we have intuition, we're, we're guided by, by something really high within ourselves, something deep within ourselves. And so we meditate, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it takes to get out of your head, just observe the breathing, because the more conscious you become of your breathing, the more conscious you become of everything. The more aware you become of your breath, the more aware you are of your posture, your expressions, uh, your muscle tension, the effect you have, your communications, the more aware you become, period. And so that first step, I think everything begins with consciousness. Everything begins with meditative awareness. And so just observing the breath, not doing anything to it, not trying to, not controlling it just observing it, just relaxing and allowing the breath to breathe you. Mm. Witness the breath instead of controlling the breath. That's half the work. Controlling the breath is half the work. The first half of the work is surrendering to it, being breathed by Mm. the letting the breath breathe you, not doing the breathing, just allowing the breath. And in that allowing, when we start allowing our breath, we start allowing other things about us very important natural things. We get into the flow. 
we uh, we start to wake up to things. We definitely get more creative. I mean, breath energy is creative energy, and and the creative process is bringing together consciousness and energy. And whenever mm-hmm. consciousness and energy collide, something appears as manifest is created and so breath is that energy and and developing a kind of awareness not a not a we're already pretty good at rational thinking that it's a different mode of awareness it's a witnessing it's the you know it's been described as the essence of the buddha pure awareness not analyzing comparing those are beautiful rationalizing those are beautiful capacities but uh, we need to put those aside and have something else come through. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think by focusing on the breath, uh, some shift happens in our awareness. And um, I guess the best idea I have is, you know, those, uh, I think they're called magic eye photos. It's like geometric random shapes. But if oh, you yes. focus in front or behind, the 3D image pops up, right? Yeah. So, you know, the average person, you know, you're trying to squint and you can't quite figure it out. And then, oh, you catch it for a minute. But then once you got it, you can flip through those books and you know where to focus. And you see these beautiful 3D images. They're there amidst Mm -hmm. all those chaotic stuff. Well, I think something like that happens on a feeling level that when when we're breathing and relaxing and getting in touch moment to moment with the feelings and sensations and just practicing pure awareness, Something happens to our consciousness, it, it, our, our sense of feeling shifts in a way that we suddenly see things that were there all the time, mm-hmm. or we feel things that were there all the time, but because we've made this adjustment in how we feel and how we perceive and how we sense, suddenly something is like unlocked, you know, and uh, everybody's got to find their way to it. But I think breathing is a wicked shortcut. People have found many ways you know, uh, you can go through history. There are lots of ways of awakening to who we are, to, you know, going to the next higher level of being. Uh, but, hey, I think the breath is, is the force of our time. Um, things that worked 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, the ancient yogic practices, hey, they're great. But this is a new time. We need new methods. And we don't have time to meditate in a cave for 24 years. You know, we don't have that luxury. We need to wake up right where we are, doing what we do in the middle of the marketplace or wherever wherever we find ourselves. And that's and the breath is with us wherever we go. So you don't need to go to an ashram. You don't need to go to a dojo. You just tune into your breath and you're in your own, uh, well, it's inner work, right? It's all about, it's all about us doing our inner work. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Oh my gosh. I totally agree with you there. And it's free too, which is great. The breath <laughs> breathing is free. <laughs> you don't have to like pay for all this money to go to a seminar or something. You, you're literally just, it's free. I mean, you're doing it all the time, but I love that answer because I think it, it goes back to your point before how it's saying we need to listen to what's inside of us and what's our calling is. And when you're aware of the breath, you can be more aware of that voice saying, Hey, 
this is this is what I think you should be doing, or this is what I know I should be doing, or or I know I can be in service this way. And then you also get you know the capacity to handle the struggles and the difficulties that might come on that path of going towards that place of mastery because you're able to just be aware as opposed to just labeling it as like bad, good, not great, or even yourself, right? And so I just think it's like a beautiful connection that comes around there. So like, is this is that practice that you're saying just breath awareness is that like very because a lot of our listeners they do like vipassana meditation which is it's it's so it's simply just that huh it's it's meditation but using the breath as the object of meditation instead of a mantra or a candle or what you know there are many ways many meditation techniques but if you use the breath you get all the benefits of meditation plus you get all of the extra benefits from the breath that you wouldn't get from using a mantra, for example. So you get all the same benefits you get from one form of meditation, um, but you get a lot more if you use the breath as your meditation. Right. Yeah. No. And I love that. And 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 what's really cool is like you go really deep into all this stuff and breath awareness in the book. And I love the other counterpart that you have too, which is conscious breathing. So can you talk about like the difference between the two? Like I know you talked about the awareness part, but the conscious breathing, because I think that's like the area where when, they, when people hear breath work, that's probably like what they're thinking of, right? It's like doing all these specific yeah. breathing techniques. So what's the difference between the two and how would you use them uh, interchangeably in, in your daily life? Yeah, well, they're like the yin-yang aspects of the practice, the passive and the as- active aspects. So breath awareness, you're not doing the breathing, you're just being the witness, you're just practicing presence, mindfulness, you're just being conscious in the moment right Mm -hmm. conscious breathing that's where we come in and we do it so you have breath awareness which is passive and conscious breathing now i control the breath i regulate the breath i breathe with a certain intention i give the breath a certain pattern a certain rhythm i a certain quality now i'm i'm in the game right and i think those are like two wings we go back and forth between breath awareness and breath control it's like programming an autopilot Every time we take over from the breathing, we program the breathing system. Then when we leave it alone, it functions uh, hopefully in a better way, you know, a more natural way. And so um, I start off with sighs of relief. I start off with yawning mm. and because people already know how to do those two things. And But when you do them consciously, they become much more powerful than if they just happen randomly by themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we play with basic parameters, just practice breathing fast, practice breathing slow, practice breathing high in your chest, practice breathing low in your belly, practice through your nose, practice through your mouth. And if you're a, if you're a good student and you're just practicing and playing with the breath, you're going to stumble over things. And, you know, play is nature's way of learning. Mm-hmm. So you just start to play with your breath and you play in a way that's pleasant and pleasurable, like, you know. Nature wouldn't screw with us. If you find something really interesting, really enjoyable, you know, long inhales or breath holding or whatever it is, if that really turns you on and you then practice it like crazy. But you also have to practice in the direction of challenge. Mm. So if we just practice what's comfortable, we won't really grow. We might grow deeper into where we are, but we're not going to grow bigger. So we got to get out of our comfort zone. So you play with speed and volume and the channels and you find what your limits and you keep leaning into them until you've mastered all the aspects of breathing. And um, so I, at a basic seminar, 
I would do the triangle, the square, and the circle, right? Mm -hmm. So triangles, inhale, exhale, pause. Inhale, exhale, pause. That's a natural breathing pattern when a person's sitting at rest, if they're healthy and relaxed and not doing the breathing. The breathing falls into this very natural pattern. Inhale, exhale, pause. And that pause needs to be a comfort zone. So we just, I, I invite people to just breathe that way. Just breathe on purpose. Breathe an inhale, breathe an exhale, and then pause. And maybe count four seconds in, four seconds out, four second pause, for example, right? And, and get comfortable and stay in that rhythm for a while and relax into it. And uh, that's coming into harmony with our nature. We are consciously breathing in a way that nature has hardwired us to breathe, so it's a perfect place to start. And you're practicing becoming more conscious of your breathing. You're being aware of it. And you're mm -hmm. developing breath control. So you're already in the game, right? And then maybe I would introduce the box breathing because it's, you know, I, I learned it and practiced it back in military days. And, you know, first responder, it's, a, it's an ideal breathing pattern for balancing sympathetic and parasympathetic. And those holds when you, so you inhale four, hold for four, exhale four, hold four. In four, hold four, out four, hold. So there's a square of the box. And so when the inhale and the exhale are equal, we're balancing parasympathetic and sympathetic branch of our nervous system. And when we're practicing those holes, we get a feeling of being in control because in those moments, we literally are in control. So mm -hmm. box breathing is a great way to prepare for a stressful conversation, a stressful interaction, a difficult challenge, an exam, a presentation, an important task, you're, you're on your way to a serious event, and you do box breathing to keep, so you show up in the best state. Mm -hmm. And then, So those are two, two keys. First thing, I would have people practice. And the third thing, take away the pauses, and now you have a circle. So now inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Now you're doing circular breathing. So, you know, each of those has value and benefit. And they're going to, if people practice those three things, oh, wow, you're going to start to feel things. You're going to start to notice stuff. You're, uh, you're going to, you'll, you'll be more relaxed. You'll need less sleep. You'll be more aware. You'll be more comfortable. Uh, I mean, the benefits become really obvious quite quickly, uh, you know, uh, breath work is like cheating. It's, it works well. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like it's like a natural steroid for life, pretty yeah, much. Right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> ayahuasca without the drug. It's uh, <laughs> and if you want LSD without the drug, the breath will give that to you. And if you want energy without caffeine, hey, the breath will give you that. So you know, the breath will calm you down and it'll wake you up. It'll cool you off and it'll warm you up. It's like. Oh my God, how many things can you use for so many different, in so many different ways? I mean, nature wouldn't give us this if we weren't meant to like maximize uh, what's possible with it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And going back to what you said before, it's like the Swiss army knife of life pretty much. And I was just absolutely like stunned by the amount of not just techniques, but the amount of ways the breath can be used in, that you outline in your book, right? Like it was everything from like, 
If you're feeling physical pain, if you're stressed out, if you're feeling angry, if you're, you know, if you want to be more kind and loving, I was like, holy crap, like there's basically everything in here. And it's, it's crazy to see like all the different uses of the breath. And one of the things I think is interesting is, is like the fear, the fear part, like you can use it to kind of go into fear. And I love, I, I listened to your podcast recently with Mark Devine, who was a guest on the show. And I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of personally, um, and you said on there in terms of fear that a game changer for you was that you learned how to lean into fear as opposed to being pushed into fear. So what is the difference between the two and why was that such like a huge game changer for you? Well, I mean, every time I pushed myself and forced myself beyond a limit, it wasn't permanent. Mm. But every time I relaxed beyond a limit, I never had to deal with it again. Mm. So, you know, like, you know, I, I've been part of this polar bear you know, I love cold water. I'm, I'm, that's one of the reasons I love Wim Hof, you know. But most of the time, and, you know, in the military, I was the diver. And, you know, we were in Dahlgren, Virginia in the winter, breaking ice and diving. And so it wasn't like we wanted to. <laughs> you know, they made us do it. And so, uh, but you get comfortable with stuff that you didn't think you'd get comfortable with. And uh, and then that, that challenge is what else can I get comfortable with? Because if you can get comfortable in certain situations where nobody else can even function, wow, I mean, just survival alone, you've just notched up your odds of survival immensely because people are bombarded by their own system's reactions to the situations around them. Mm. We're never really dealing with the situation or with other people. We're dealing with what's happening inside of us when we in those encounters. And so if we're not managing our mental state and our emotional state, managing our physiology, our, our chemistry, then all that stuff's going to be distracting us when we need to perform, you know? So one way out of that is you just become numb to all that stuff in you and you push yourself right mm -hmm. past, but then you get injured and you get numb and there's a high price for, for going numb. That's one way to survive. You just, you just grin and bear it and you just, you just tough it up and you just do it, you know, but Hey, too many injuries occur and that's not sustainable. But every time you relax through an intense situation, whoa, you come out of it with more energy than you went into it with. Mm -hmm. Not exhausted. You're not spent. You're not injured. <laughs> and so uh, that's one of the keys, I think, of breath mastery is, you know, relaxation. And, yeah. and it's not just a matter of being relaxed or not relaxed. You know, there are levels of relaxation. And being able, how quickly can you relax? How deeply can you relax? In the face of what situations can you relax? In the middle of what circumstances can you relax? I mean, anybody can relax when, you know, there's money in the bank and all the kids are healthy and everything's right with the world. And, I mean, hell, anybody can relax then. Right. Can relax when the shit hits the fan. That's that's when it counts, and that's usually when people can't. And so, breathing gives us that ability to relax in those moments when struggling won't help. It's like if you're caught in the jaws of a tiger, <laughs> at some point you just you got to surrender, and then maybe the cat gets bored and he lets you go and then you get the hell out of there station <laughs> you know is a cat and mouse game you know if the mouse was smart enough and sometimes they are just naturally smart they go limp the cat's not having any fun because the mouse ain't struggling 
the cat lets it out and the mouse gets the hell out of there. So relaxation can mean survival, you know, and it also opens the door to tremendous energy. Mm. You know, we can ramp up and we can adrenalize ourselves, but that's not genuine energy. You know, we, we need to tap genuine energy. Mm. And most people have gotten really good at living off of adrenalized energy and they don't realize they're doing it, but they're always, you know, they're always ramping up their energy. And maybe you get away with it for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, I don't know, maybe 40 years. If you're Tony Robbins, you can get, you, you know, you can you can sustain it for 40 years. Yeah. Ultimately, it's not sustainable. And we have to find another door to that energy. Because there's some, what do you do when you have no energy? You can't jump up and down. You can't, you've got to find another way to access that energy. And I love that principle in the Navy SEALs that, when you think you have no energy left, you still got 40% left in your battery. You just now mm -hmm. have to learn how to tap it. And breathing, relaxation, and and maybe sheer will, but something on the level of consciousness is required. Uh, but then we find we have much more energy than we thought, and we can get through things we uh, will surprise ourselves at what we can get through and what we can do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that so much. And, and what reminded me when you were talking about that story was, and, and I literally think about the story, I would say probably about 95% of the times that I run is the story of you when you were, uh, when you were in the Navy and you were training and you had that long grueling run and you were like really gassed out. So like for, for our listeners, can you like explain like that, that story briefly and like how the breath helped you to go to new heights? Cause I, I, I swear, man, like when I'm, when I'm out there and I'm feeling gassed yesterday, I was on a long run. I literally thought about that exact story. And it, and it was like, boom, like the jets were off once I started to, to pretty much get in touch with my breath. So, so could you like, you know, go through that story just a little bit for our listeners? Cause I think it's powerful. Well, I think the, the lesson is it's easier to keep up than it is to catch up. Mm -hmm. And, um, when you're running, it's better to be over breathing than under breathing. <laughs> um, and, you know, negative self-talk and just the sheer power of fatigue and the sheer force of pain that just just stops humans. I mean, we have certain limits. And, God, when you start to get to those limits, and that's the point I think you're reminded of. I was, I was running, and uh, we had that guy, Youngblood was his name. I'll never yeah. forget. And, uh, you know, other guys like to do jumping jacks. Oh, we're going to do a 1,000 jumping jacks. Okay, oh, we're going to do a million push-ups. Okay, great. But when he came out, uh-oh, we're going to run a million miles. Uh-oh. And sure enough, he just tried to run us to death. That was his thing. He could just run forever. The damn guy could just run forever. And he would just run until nobody else was running, and then he'd come back and kick everybody and scream at them. You know, so uh, I, I was losing it. I was falling behind. And I was just, I mean, my, it was so heavy, I couldn't breathe. I, I, was, I couldn't breathe enough. I couldn't lift my feet. I'm dragging. And then the mental self-talk started coming in like, oh, I'm not going to make it. I don't think I can. Holy crap. I was in the most dysfunctional state. And a buddy, his name was Kane, came back. He's, he kind of slowed down. He saw me falling back. And he slowed down. He got alongside of me. And he said, let's breathe together. So it hadn't even occurred to me. So, you know, I was as so much other stuff. I was feeling my pain. I was feeling fatigue. I was feeling that. And so having that single focus, breathing in rhythm to my footsteps and maybe his presence, that that support, you know, that mm -hmm. love, you could call it. Right. 
in that field, wow, within just no time, I was suddenly in the zone. And I was right on freaking Young Blood's heels that entire damn day. He didn't loop. I didn't drop back a bit after that. And I, I mean, it was a genuine breakthrough. You go from thinking you're just about ready to give up to being able to do more than you ever imagined. And that was one more lesson about breath and also a lesson about focus mm-hmm. and, uh, and a lesson about love. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a freaking angel. Just kind of just came and hovered on the side of me long enough for me to like, come to my senses. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just love everything about that story from my, and in the illustrations that the breath has there too, right? Like, cause it goes back to, like you said, it taps into that, that reservoir of energy that we, we don't know that we have. And two, it shares the connected experience or the shared experience that we have with other people through breathing. So I think it's just so multifaceted and, and, and that story is just like a, an amazing explanation of that. Um, and one of the things too, like that, you know, I really think is so interesting is, is what you were saying before that kind of relates to that is like when you're like feeling or when you're in a really stressful situation, one where, you know, shit's hitting the fan and you're essentially getting all that stuff. Is it really just as simple as just, you know, just taking just a, a big deep breath and just being aware of it? Or or is there more to it than that? I'll tell you what we need to do is we need to open and expand. Mm. You know, if we're, we're in a box with our thinking or we're in some limited state, we need to open and expand. Mm. That's an inhale. And we need to relax and let go. If we're engaged in, in performance degrading self-talk, we need to let go of that. We need to let go of fear. We need to let go of judgments. We need to let go of resistance. We need to let go of attachments. I know I'm sounding like a Buddhist for sure now, but those are basic principles, non-judgment, non-resistance, non-attachment. They suck up a lot of energy and they get in the way of flow. And um, so we need to open and expand. And we need to relax and let go. And if ever you're in a state where you can't act, what I just did was a sigh of relief, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is true that if you're in pain, it's really hard to take an expansive, long, luxurious inhale and a sigh of relief. The pain has you locked up. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and the two can't exist in the same time. So if you can access your breath, something happens to the pain. And, and the letting go is so important. You know, if you haven't learned how to let go of your breath, don't be surprised if you can't let go of pain. If you haven't learned how to let go of your exhale, don't be surprised if you can't let go of fear or anxiety. If you haven't learned how to let go of your breath, don't be surprised if you can't let go of thoughts that are you know, going around your head. You haven't learned how to let go. Mm-hmm. And so we use the breath as a way to develop this energetic skill of letting go. And letting go of unnecessary tension, letting go of unnecessary muscle use, letting go of redundant thinking, letting go of conflicting thoughts, letting go of grudges, letting go. You know, I think a big part of life is about letting go. A lot of the problems we have, I don't know if we need to figure out how to solve them or if there is just something we need to let go of. And maybe mm. it's just a point of view sometimes. You just, you just let go of your current view of the situation and you adopt a better view of the situation. That's a meme that comes from uh, Michael Hewitt Gleason, CVS to BVS, current Mm. view of the situation to a better view of the situation. If that's your focus, if that's your intention, if that's your habit, you're going to keep getting through whatever's thrown in front of you. 
Oh, man, I love that. That is just amazing. Yeah, it's so true, right? And especially when it comes to the fact of people worrying about things that are completely out of their control, right? And a lot of people like to focus on those things. And I don't blame people. I mean, it's it's easy to point, you know, the finger at those things. But like you said, if you can just let it go, then man, it just becomes more freeing. Hey, we're human. I mean, we, we have to have compassion for ourselves and others and patience for ourselves and others. But we've got to be in the game and we've got to be persistent. We can be patient, but part of it, we've got to be relentless in a certain way, you know? And, um, hey, and listen, if, if all it is is just remembering to take a breath, interrupt the pattern, catch mm-hmm. yourself before you go too far off, bring yourself back with a conscious breath. Uh, you know, if you're starting to get low and depressed, you know, you got to you develop this ability to literally lift yourself up by your bootstraps. And, and the breath helps us do that. It's a skill like anything else. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it. But the sooner you practice, the sooner you can start using it. And so, Absolutely. <laughs> so everybody should be practicing breathing. You, you brush your teeth. You you eat three times a day. You go to the gym. You work up a sweat. You try to eat right. You know, hey, breathing has to be on the same scale as all that other stuff that's supposedly so damn important you know we have to make breathing more important 70 percent of our not you know what is it 70 percent of our metabolic waste is eliminated through respiration three mm. percent through defecation seven percent through urination 20 percent through perspiration so if you think having a good bowel movement and working up a good sweat is healthy you got to think about breathing I mean, because the mother load of toxins is being processed by the breath. The better you breathe, the better you live. It's, it's a no-brainer. This isn't rocket science. Maybe it's too obvious. Maybe it's just too damn simple. It's too basic, and we just overlook it. We're looking for something more complicated, more expensive, more difficult. You know, like, come on, can breathing be the answer? Yep. Right. exactly everyone's always looking for the next big thing the new shiny technology but it's crazy because breathe it's i mean when you know you hear the answer it's like yeah breathing is the answer everything you're right people are kind of like huh but then i feel like when they start to try it and they practice it every single day and they start to see those results they get those breakthroughs like you mentioned where you know the light bulb clicks and they're like whoa like this is crazy that's it that's it that's what it's about and i'll tell you just as a summary i People always ask, what's the best breathing things to start with? Mm-hmm. So the best breathing exercise to start with is a breathing exercise that makes you more conscious. Uh-huh. And if you're more conscious of the breath, you're more conscious, right? So, so breathe in a way that just makes you more conscious. Present moment makes you more mindful. Learn to breathe in a way that helps you to relax. And learn to breathe in a way that helps you to generate energy. So if you learn those three skills how to breathe to just become more meditative, more aware, more conscious, more present. How to breathe so you can vent stress, vent tension better, relax more. And how to breathe so you get more control of your energy. Man, you're, you got it. You, you can, you'll find your way from there. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I hope everybody listening tries to master those three skills every single day and i challenge people to do it for every day this week at least for for the next seven days from when you start listening to it because it was change your life and dan you know I'm, I'm really grateful that you're on the show and and you can find dan at breathmastery.com where he's got a bunch of great resources and links there and you can also check out his book just breathe which is a phenomenal book 
and I totally recommend everybody listen. I mean, I, I listened to your audiobook and it's awesome because it's you reading it. And uh, but but I'm sure the 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 written version is just as great. So go out and pick up that. And um, you can also see more information on that book at www.justbreathe.com. So Dan, for my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you, and what fulfills you in life? You know, fulfillment is finding a way to help myself by serving other people mm-hmm. <laughs> and find a way to help other people by serving myself, right? So if we're all connected, the best thing I can do for myself is help as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And if we're all connected, the best thing I can do for everyone is to take care of myself the best I can. So if you find a, if you find a way to take care of both of those things, answer your calling to serve and answer your calling to be the best that you can be. Wow, I'm, I'm about as fulfilled. I'm, I'm, um, I've reached my limit to tolerate happiness. I think I, I'd have to be twins to, to like, <laughs> to, 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 to embody more. So, I'm, but I like leaning on those limits. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Dan, that's why we had you on the show because you're just a just a ray of fulfillment and I love your passion. I love your enthusiasm and, and just everything you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Be well, awesome. brother. Yep. Take care. Thank you very much.